I'm Anna. And I'm Jillian. And this is the Hat Picks Podcast. Just two dope ladies talking about soccer from across the country on the podcast no one asked for. Hello, welcome to the podcast. The podcast that the, the only, only one, one. Out, of, out of the entire world, we're the only podcast. Yep, that's great. I want to take a moment to welcome everybody to this special edition We Believes episode. I was, I literally was going to say something about how this should be like a we believe and she believes, but I, it took too much of brain power to try to figure out what the pun should be. And so I stopped. I just remember last week I on the spot said we believes. And so I just decided to go with that. I like it. I like it. Welcome to this We Believes episode. Anna and I being the we. Mm, Yeah. That belief. <laughs> I mean, you could believe too, but you're not here, so whatever. You don't matter. I'm just kidding. We love you, all four of you. Actually, actually we get 30 listeners. I was going to say, I was going to say, actually, we average 30 listeners. So it's our estimated audience. Yeah. Thanks, Anchor. So take that, Jillian, <laughs> from 40 seconds ago. Well, we're just very excited tonight. And by that, I mean, we're here. We're, we're yep, it's happening. <laughs> And all of our picks, our topics are our picks, our picks are our topics. It's all in one. It's all she believes. It's going to be great. And by that, I mean it's going to happen and you'll see. You're going to think it's great because we decided. Thank you, everybody. Anna and I are a little low energy tonight, so the level of excitement (laughs) may be lower than expected. I think the level of excitement was higher when we wrote our notes. And so I think maybe... Just by reading the things that we wrote when we were more excited, it may come across that we're excited. So maybe this is going to be like a bell curve situation. We're going to start out low. Hopefully, mm-hmm. maybe we can end high. Also, maybe not go back down. Maybe not dip down. Let's, let's not. Ha- let, let's, wow. It's I a can't. low. It's a low pressure sitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, I'm going to kick us off tonight. Executive decision. I'm starting out with my number three hat pick, which is the viewership of the She Believes Cup, my babies. <laughs> so we all know, I just want to level with you here. TV is trash and it, they don't broadcast women's sports as often or like on the channels that are as accessible like they do men's sports. But I will say women's soccer viewership has been having itself a year. It's been doing pretty great. This is excluding, like, all that I'm about to talk about is excluding the World Cup, which has way higher numbers, but that's also, like, an internationally recognized thing. Yeah, it's a thing that a lot of people care about. But it is important for us to celebrate the seemingly small victories and the moments that happen outside of that tournament every four years because a lot of soccer and a lot of great soccer happens for women and the people who play in the women's league outside of the World Cup. So... I have some conflicting information from sources because the internet did not have a consensus. However, it seems like average viewership for She Believes Cup games has been around like 250,000, like give or take. There's a couple of exceptions. It seems like maybe some games versus England over the course of the tournament's history. It started in 2016. I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) 
they supposedly these games had like in the 700,000 range, but I've seen some different things, but we can, we'll go with that. We like high numbers, but I will say, you know, if we're averaging 250,000 people watching per game for the She Believes Cup, which is what, six games per tournament, I think it's pretty exciting that the viewership for the USA Canada game was almost 500,000, which some sources say broke a record. And the game with the USA versus Brazil was 568,000. At the even if it doesn't break a rec- a record. A record. Tina Santa wasn't going to do an accent this week, but maybe I was going to do a southern accent. <laughs> Go back to my roots. <laughs> Some sources, like I said, stated that this maybe broke a record even if it didn't break a record. It's still really great considering all the obstacles that women's sports face on the regular when it comes to being televised because of the patriarchy fuck that shit fuck it fuck it <laughs> so like i said four team six game tournament it's not the world cup it's not it doesn't have the like level of notoriety and has only been around for five years but it seems like the viewership for this tournament is growing on average which we love to see we love it and we think that should be celebrated at least i do i can't speak for it <laughs> I'm just I only talk about women's sports like ninety <laughs> percent of my waking time. <laughs> so yes, we believe that this should be celebrated. <laughs> we do and, indeed believe it. Yes, and anyone who disagrees can suck it. So, <laughs> um, yeah. and, and like while F, so Fox Sports One FS One was the um, was the channel that was broadcasting this, as well as FS Two. Yeah, FS is. You know, these are not as accessible as some channels. Like, they're not – it's not like a – can't have the equivalent to bunny ears and see it like you can just like regular Fox or like NBC or something like that. But it's still a part of like the Fox network and it's still pretty major. And them broadcasting this is some dope-ass shit. And it is a step in the right direction. So we love it. We believe. <laughs> that it's great. So that is my number three. Awesome viewership babies <laughs> hail yeah okay so my number three is argentina's single goal in the entire tournament just the one just, just the, the one, one. <laughs> just the one. Oh, bummer so realistically was argentina gonna win this thing no no they, they were not gonna do that thing were they even going to win a game probably not they came close. <laughs> yeah, they did come close. Was I surprised that they scored a goal? Honestly, a little bit. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Just a little. So Argentina is number 31 in the FIFA rankings, which compared to Brazil and Canada, who are tied at number eight, and the U.S. Women's National Team, who I don't know if we've mentioned it before, are number one. Their ranking made it pretty clear that the likelihood that they were going to win anything was slim to none. I'm not saying that those FIFA rankings are like the end all be all of what teams are good, but I am saying that if you're that low, probably not going to beat teams in the top 10. That's a pretty big gap. Even if even if they're off a little bit, that's a very sizable number of teams in between. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so Argentina being named number 31 has a lot to do with the lack of investment in the Argentine national team, because God forbid Argentina focus on anyone besides Messi, but whatever. We're not going to really get into that any more than we have to, because that could be a whole pod unto itself. 
Argentina played hard this tournament. They looked real good given their circumstances, like the conditions that they play and train in being subpar at best. Um, and also on top of that, you know, the global pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So before I talk about the goal, can I just say that Lorena you, you Benitez... <laughs> Thank you. Lorena Benitez of Argentina is a firecracker on the field. And I really want to see more of her. She's so good. And she's like 22 years old. And I would really like it if she came to play for the NWSL. Thank you so much, Lorena. Anyway. Yes, please. Back to the lone goal. Argentina's first game in the She Believes Cup was against Brazil. I did like that the first games were a South American clash and a North American clash. It doesn't actually matter, but I enjoyed it. Anyway, moving on. After Brazil scored thrice in the span of an hour, oh we God. get a, Listen, <laughs> I wrote three times and I was like, nah, thrice. <laughs> it's a real did, word. <laughs> it is a real word. Anyway, after Brazil scored thrice in the span of an hour, we get a pretty dope goal from Argentina in the 60th minute. The ball comes up the field and finds Yamala Rodriguez on the far side of the pitch. She pinches inside of it and serves a ball that goes directly past the goal. And not just directly past, but bounces off the front of the goal, which is like a bummer. But off that bounce, Mariana Larque. So she gets her head on it and it goes back across the front of the goal and into the side netting. It was just like in the right place at the right time. And so Camila, who used to play for the Orlando Pride, is on Laroquette the entire time, but she doesn't manage to actually get in front of her to stop her from getting the ball. And so Marina Laroquette just like got in there, got her head on it and scored the goal. Boom. It was an exciting goal because wow, the Argentine players were so goddamn excited. (laughs) I couldn't help but also be excited. But also it was like a genuinely solid goal. Great placement. The keeper couldn't track back across the goal quick enough pretty dope. And also I'm hoping that we get to see more of this from Laraquette because she happens to be the only player from the Argentina squad who plays in the NWSL. Heck yes, unnamed KC team. I'm excited for that. It was just a good goal. And maybe if I actually get my shit together, I'll do it now. I'm doing it now. I'm going to queue up the video so that I have it in my repost app. You heard it here, folks. (laughs) You can check us on it. We'll find it. We'll find it for you and then we'll show you and it'll be great. Also, you can Google it. <laughs> you Google yeah. it. You look it up. <laughs> God, what about your moms? I was just talking to Anna the other day about how she and her spouse used to be like my grandparents and they would take care of me on weekdays and feed me and we'd watch trashy television together. It was a good life. <laughs> yeah. It is a weird thing that we used to do. <laughs> like every week. I would just come over and lay on your couch and you guys would make me feel <laughs> I mean, that does sound like me in a lot of ways because I am always cooking food for people. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm also watching trashy TV a lot. I was like, was I giving you a ride and then I would just stay there? But I think I came on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually have purposefully hung out many a Before. time. <laughs> like no one probably understands us because they're like they do a podcast together we know that they're friends they act like they hate each other but they clearly don't so like we have a very interesting dynamic and literally always have this has yeah. been the dynamic <laughs> from the get-go day one like this is just how we've always been don't touch me ideally don't look at me but also we're going to be doing a lot of things together okay we're going to be spending a lot of time together (laughs) great cool segue jillian excellent work anna on that pick thanks so so much thanks so moving on to my number two hit pick stephanie LeBay kicking ass in the usa canada game while 
listeners, dear listeners, it is hard for me to acknowledge and elevate someone who prevented the U.S. Women's National Team from scoring. Yes. I am an amazing and gracious person who recognizes game. So, (laughs) and while Steph LeBay, who is the goalie for the Canadian national team, did get scored on eventually by Rose Lavelle, she did make some dope-ass saves, trademark Jillian, in the game against the United States of America. Yes. So, first of all, it is important to note, goalies do not often get subbed out. It's just, like, not a thing that happens. And so, if there is an... Injury, a new keeper will grace the field. But, like, barring any, like, major tragedies, honestly, like, goalies are in for the full 90. Like, I think there was a sub of a goalie in the second game with the USA versus Columbia because, like, that goalie had been through the fucking ringer. She (laughs) was tired. (laughs) So that I get. But, like, just as an FYI, it does not often happen. Like, in the six subs that folks are allocated in these friendlies, Nine times out of ten, it's not going to be a goalie as one of them. This is important because, context, Steph LeBay did not start this game. Kaylin Sheridan, a.k.a. Sky Blue Keeper, did. But after a non-contact injury, like I literally don't know what happened, I understand from our other co-host here, Anna, (laughs) that uh, she did have quad surgery, I believe. Mm -hmm. That happened. That is a thing. That sucks. And she came off in the 11th minute, like early on, very early on. And that's like super fast for LeBay to have to be like, oh, I've got the night off. (laughs) No, you have to do it in a Canadian accent. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, I've got the night off, eh? (laughs) Oh, oh, shoot. Because I said, oh, fuck, I have to face the world's best team a little cold. (laughs) I don't know. How would Canadians do it? Oh, I darn. don't know, but they'd, they'd probably say I'm colder than, like, the Yukon or something. I'm colder than the Yukon in here, day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Canadians. Yeah, I, I just... I, that felt so b- wrong and bad. I didn't make any weird things about maple syrup, so you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, internally she was probably like, oh, fuck, I have to face the United States of America. <laughs> mm. And I have not warmed up, like... I'm not prepared for this because, again, even if this was going to happen, it wasn't going to happen 11 minutes in. That's not a thing. No. No, no, no. So, LOL, that sucks. <laughs> but she handled it well, I think. Yeah. So, for some background, dear, eh? I'm this uh, here player. <laughs> so, LeBay is a pretty decent player. She She's 34, has played in the NWSL and Sweden, yeah. <laughs> professionally (laughs) and has made 75 appearances for Canada senior team so she's been around yeah she's been around she's been around so let's hit some of those dope ass saves trademark this will not be an all-encompassing coverage just some highlights so get off my back like I don't have time for this (laughs) don't worry we get into it later (laughs) (laughs) so in the 35th minute Midge Purse sent the ball up the right side to Lynn Williams, who sends a nice shot into the box for, a, I will say, a very extra Carly Lloyd. <laughs> like, who gets a strong, like, a very strong head on it. Like, that's too much. <laughs> but LeBay is able to jump and, like, barely tip the ball over the crossbar to save what had, like, as much as I don't give a shit about a Carly Lloyd goal, it most certainly would have been a goal had she not tipped it. 
I always think that those are like really impressive because like I feel like I'd accidentally like tap it into the goal or something. I'd just be like reaching and it would like go back in or something. So good for you, Steph LeBay. So not long after that in the 39th minute, math. <laughs> Lindsay Horan gets a ball from Megan Rapino, who sends it in for Lloyd, but Shalina Zadorsky, which what a name. I love saying Zadorsky. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> she intercepts it, but then like immediately turns it over to Lynn Williams, who gets a chef's kiss shot on it. But she was foiled by LeBay, who lays the fuck out for a beautiful save. Full horizontal, like laying, like full on laying out. Um, <laughs> in case that was unclear. <laughs> Thank you very much, Captain Obvious. But in the 44th minute, she stops another powerful shot by Williams. It's not as impressive, but, you know, she's full vertical this time. (laughs) I'm so good with words. (laughs) So moving on to the second half. In the 62nd minute, Megan Rapinoe has a nice set piece just outside the box. Wow, what placement? How great is that? And she sends a very on-target ball through some traffic. (laughs) But LeBay uses... Double fists to punch that shit away out. Way the fuck out. I just, that's so much more funny when you had to stop to burp in the middle. You can't help it. I had broccoli cheddar soup for dinner. All right. So punches that shit way the fuck out. Great job, Steph LeBay. But then we score later. So it's not enough. We still win. <laughs> but this is about Steph LeBay. We're celebrating her. We believe that she did a good job in this game. (laughs) So she has other good saves throughout the course of this game, before this, after this, but we don't have time because we have so much other soccer to discuss this evening. She also had some blunders too. Something that the announcers mentioned and then I noticed is that she also does not tend to like hold onto the ball. Like for example, Alyssa Nair will hold that ball and slam it into her stomach and does not let the fuck go. Steph LeBay tends to like punch or slap balls. And so uh, there were a couple of times where it was almost given back to the United States because she did not uh, settle and hold on to it. Overall, she had a wide variety of saves. I mean, all the ones that I mentioned were very different. She came up big for Canada. That could have been way worse than 1-0. And I mean, honestly, it was 0-0 for the vast majority of the game, which is pretty rare for the United States for us to not score early. It's true. But we will be talking about that game further. So don't you worry. Only will. (laughs) No, you are concerned about it, but don't you worry. You don't have to be. Thank you so much for your reassurance, Anna. (laughs) Listen, I'm not very often reassuring. So that's true. (laughs) Take it while you can get it. Basically, the fact that it was only 1-0, that it was 0-0 for the most of the game, is in no small part due to LeBay's badassery in goal. So, you go, Steph LeBay. Crushed. Well done. So only, I mean, I don't remember the last time the United States only came up 1-0 in a game. So It has been a minute. Okay. Now on to my number two hat pick, which is Brazil. Full stop. Not the whole country, the, the women's team. But it's Brazil. So this is one, if not my only wholesome pick in this entire podcast, not just this episode, but ever, because I'm about to just talk about how proud and excited I am about the Brazilian women's national team. Oh, that's, that's so sweet. Yeah. Oh. I know. Oh, that was so cute. Okay, more nice words. It's not a usual thing for me. <laughs> so Brazil really played hard in this tournament. We're really seeing Marta's legacy playing out on the field more and more in the fire these Brazilians have, and I'm really excited for it. Yeah. So 
in their game against Argentina that I already mentioned a bit about, Brazil won four to one. And then <laughs> they beat Canada two to zero. Yay! The US Women's national team did beat them two to zero. And we'll get to that in a bit. But barring that one loss, I think they came in second in that tournament. They did. Most yeah. definitely. Because there's they no way Canada really well. did. <laughs> nope. And certainly not Argentina. So during the 2019 World Cup, Brazil played some great soccer. They got knocked out in the round of 16 by the host, France, who we then kicked out. But that's <laughs> But that game went into extra time because Brazil did not travel all the way to France just to quit. They're not about that life. And after the game, Marta gave a really passionate speech about having to fight through the bad times to get to the good. And I really think that that kicked particularly some of the younger players uh, in the pants. So with that in mind, since that World Cup, Brazil has been on a goddamn tear. Out of the last 14 games, they've won nine of them, tied two of them, and lost three of them, which is not a bad record at all. Pretty impressive. So two of those wins come from this She Believes Cup. We saw some of the incredible technical footwork that Brazilians are known for. Outside of the women, you have very famous soccer players like Ronaldinho and Neymar, mm-hmm. who are also really good with technical football. We saw some hard-fought battles on the field. We saw a never-give-up attitude that I think Marta and all her wisdom has helped ignite. And we saw a lot of younger players who are walking down the path that players like Marta and Cristiane and Formiga have forged for them. And we saw them playing a more strategic game, which I think is at the hands of their new coach, former U.S. Women's National Team coach Pia Santaga. Pia! What's up, girl? <laughs> <laughs> So Marta and Cristiane and Formiga have been the backbone of this team for a very long time. Marta and Cristiane are both 35 years old. Formiga is 43. Formiga is still playing, I think, for PSG, which is one of the best teams in the world. (laughs) Yeah, she's not like... She does not look that old. (laughs) No, she's not. She's playing top notch soccer with one of the best teams in the world at 43. I think these players are coming obviously to the end of their career, but I think that they only feel comfortable coming to the end of their career because of where this team is right now. So they've worked really hard to get this team to where they are. And now with Pia on board, I think Brazil is going to be a real threat. And I think that they're showing in this She Believes Cup really proved that. So I'm really excited for them. They had they hit a rough spot there after the 2015 World Cup. And I think that they're coming back. You have players like Andresinha and Dabinha, who we will talk about more later, and Camila, who are young players that we've all seen in the NWSL, who are bringing that back to Brazil because Andresinha and Camila have both finished up their contracts here in the NWSL to play back in Brazil, partially because of COVID and they want to be close to their family, but also because they learned a lot and are taking it back where they can use it best and expand the sport yeah so it's just real exciting and i'm really happy for this brazilian team as long as they don't beat us thank you correct (laughs) but like also some fun stuff i heard from the announcers about pia sunhaga is like she's like bring her guitar and like sing with the players (laughs) i love that so much (laughs) i'm just like (laughs) Really? Because she just looks like an angry Swedish lady. Like, <laughs> And she's that too. She is that too. Both and. Yeah. She's a multifaceted woman and we appreciate it. Yay! So for our honorable mentions this week. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Anne and I were texting slash also messaging on Instagram. Simultaneously. <laughs> simultaneously. <laughs> We were talking about one thing and then this other thing happened and we were like, we have to have a themed honorable mentions Mm. this week. So this week, our honorable mention section is boot themed. (laughs) 
<laughs> Which, now that you say it out loud, sounds <laughs> stupid. <laughs> and yet... We're doing it. We're here. Yeah, yeah, we're doing it. I bring you great news. Hear ye, hear ye. Tobin Heath has posted a photo of herself on Instagram and she was not wearing a motherfucking boot. So exciting. So exciting. I don't know how to tell you the amount of joy that exists in Anna and me at this moment. Yeah. Just to get you up to speed, if for some reason you suck and haven't listened to our other episodes. (laughs) I was trying to make it accessible. I put the note in there so we could be accessible to people who don't pay attention and just play our podcast because they love us. And then I went and made it mean. (laughs) Keeping it. So for those of you who don't know, (laughs) Tobin Heath was injured. Mm. So at the end of January, Casey Stoney, who is the manager for Manchester United, mentioned that who was always in a like slick back power pony, by the way, and a trench coat (laughs) and Doc Martin. She does scare me a little bit, but like in a good way. (laughs) You should just look up a photo from her. It's like you think she could probably murder you, (laughs) but she's also really cool and does good work. I'll find a photo of her on Instagram. Put it on the pod, Instagram. Okay. So anyway, Casey Stoney mentioned that Heath hurt her ankle and would be out for 10 to 12 weeks. Weeks, 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 10 to 12 weeks, which is a huge bummer. Sucks with many U's. But she posted this on an Instagram story on Wednesday of this week being the first week of March. Because mm. I don't know when this is going to get posted. So. It's fine. Eventually. Anyway, she was not wearing a boot. We don't know. Does this mean she's healed? Probably not. Does this mean that it's possibly maybe getting better? Yeah, we're going to fucking hope so. We're going to hope so. So even though we won't be seeing her or Kristen Press in the NWSL season, we would absolutely, absolutely love to see her (laughs) at the Olympics. (laughs) Did you just say absolutely? Yes, I say it a lot. I live with Delilah. (laughs) You're fair. That's fair. Shout out to Lila, pun queen. (laughs) We probably will not be seeing her or Kristen Press in the NWSL season, but we would love to see that. Well, we'd love to see both of them. We'd love to see Tobin Heath specifically because that's who we're talking about. Sorry, Kristen Press. We'll talk about you later. (laughs) At the Olympics, if possible. So, like, please don't be injured anymore. That would be super great. Thank you. Signed, Jillian and Anna. Like. (laughs) So that's boot theme number one. (laughs) Our second boot theme, honorable mention, is Seth John getting the boot from the Athletes Council. So (laughs) before we get into this garbage pile of a human, a bit of background information. So every year, the U.S. Soccer Federation has a meeting where they vote on things and get shit done. You know, a big the big meeting that a lot of companies, organizations, whatever, have. This year, one of the things addressed was repealing policy 604-1, which was the policy that stated that, quote, all persons representing a federation national team shall stand respectfully during the playing of national anthems at any event in which the federation is represented, end quote. So, oh God, that's a lot. So in June of 2020, the U.S. Soccer Federation board voted to repeal the policy, which ended up being affirmed at the annual general meeting. So what does this have to do with the guy that we mentioned? That's a fair question that you've posed to me, listener. Well, (laughs) Seth John was a Paralympic 
player for the U.S. seven-a-side team, and he was an active member of the Athletes' Council, which is a group of active and retired players who are representing the actual players within the U.S. Soccer Federation. So during the meeting, Seth John shared his opinions on repealing the policy, much of which included false statistics, outrageous claims, and deeply racist rhetoric. And he shared his opinion for seven minutes. He was given a platform for seven minutes. He spewed false, ignorant, and hateful things for seven minutes. It is way too long. It is way too long. And they tried giving him like a you have 30 seconds left timer. And then he spoke for two minutes more. What? Okay. So the audacity. God. It sucks. So ultimately, his rant was for naught since the policy was repealed with over 70% of the vote. Is that a high enough percentage? Nope. No, <laughs> no it is not. <laughs> but alas, earwax. <laughs> so then, the next day, the Athletes Council, which is 23 players, uh, active and retired, like I mentioned, removed John from the council saying that he, quote, violated the prohibited conduct policy section on harassment, which prohibits racial or other harassment based on a person's protected status. While the council understands that each person has a right to his or her own opinion, there are certain opinions that go beyond the realm of what is appropriate or acceptable, end quote. There is more in that statement, and we'll probably post it on our Instagram. Hold on, I'm going to go copy it right now. <laughs> Listen. So the Athletes Council swiftly got him the fuck out of there, and I appreciate it. He gave a lot of false statistics from the FBI, which I don't know how you got. I just, it didn't make any sense. He sucks and is now like talking to lots of conservative media, conservative media outlets. And oh, yeah, it's just like ranting about cancel culture. And it's like a lot of people are ranting about cancel culture. And it's like there's a difference between canceling and uh, keeping people accountable. And he was held accountable for the racist ass shit. He said, like, sorry. Yeah, except I'm not. I'm not sorry at all. Not I'm sorry. Glad got the boot. Not sorry. But also U.S. soccer should not have let him talk for that long. Oh, absolutely not. So we also have to think about U.S. soccer, who obviously have never been great. And also there are, if you look at Seth John's like Instagram and Twitter, people who have liked his posts who are active soccer players for the U.S. men's national team, like Christian Pulisic has liked a photo of him in like a fucking arsenal that he has in his own home and other players. And it's not great if you dig into it a lot. And we probably should. Well, and like Cindy Cohn, Cindy Parlo Cohn kept saying like, oh, I couldn't hear him. The feedback and stuff was bad on my end of things, blah, blah, blah. And like, I understand that that's like a possibility that they're like literally like you probably couldn't hear, but it just, it seems like maybe you could have gotten the gist of it and like shut that shit down a little earlier. Yeah. You could have tried because first of all, other people could hear him even if she couldn't. Right. So it wasn't great. Also, U.S. soccer had a bad statement about it because they also released Shocking. a statement. And Cindy Parlo Cohn, when asked about it in an interview afterwards, in an attempt to give her a place where she could like fully denounce him, said something about how everyone has their opinion. And I was like, I don't, it's not, it's bad. You shouldn't, no. Well, we're glad he got the boot. I'm sure he's still like completely swaddled in his privilege and he'll be fine. So, well, we hope you enjoyed this week's themed honorable mention section related to boots and booting <laughs> and booting <laughs> ah, good shit
So our number one hat pick this week, which I feel like, first of all, we're sharing it because I feel like if you couldn't guess what this hat pick was, (laughs) based on the fact that we've been talking about a four-team tournament this entire time and really haven't mentioned one of the teams, (laughs) uh, I don't know how much else we can do to help you. Our team. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. So our number one shared hat pick is the U.S. Women's National Team, just in general, being the best ever. Ever. Hashtag standard. (laughs) So we're going to start. I think we're going to go through the games in order that they happened um, because that's how I wrote them. Okay, great. Well done. Thanks. So first, the U.S. Women's National Team versus Canada. Now, Jillian already mentioned how Steph LeBay was dope after Kaylin Sheridan went out with an injury, but the U.S. Women's National Team had some great chances that almost never ended up in goals, which stressed me the fuck out. It was terrible. (laughs) It was awful. (laughs) However, we did see a lot of great building up, great chances coming from service from the midfielders up to the forward. It was, it was, there was a lot of good that happened in that game. There was just not a lot of goals that happened in that game. (laughs) Nice. Nicely done. Thanks. Okay, so a lot of great chances for Lynn Williams this game. You've heard about a few, but Steph LeBay always being there and Williams not either getting the right touch or enough on the ball meant that they didn't end up in goals. And then in the 45th minute, Crystal Dunn almost scored a goal. And I was about to be the most excited ever until it wasn't a goal because Vanessa Gillies, Canadian defender, did her job. How (laughs) fucking dare she? (laughs) Just kidding. Good for you, Vanessa Gillies, I guess. Whatever. (laughs) Anyway. Vanessa Gillies. (laughs) Anyway, the first half ends with no goals. There's a lot of physical play because whenever the U.S. Women's National Team plays Canada, it's basically a bar fight on a soccer field. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's so intense. Such a – oh, my God. (laughs) It's some of the most physical soccer that you will find in the women's game. And it's It's, a slog. (laughs) It's a slog. So, second half. Canada has a really good and terrifying chance in the 51st minute. Nichelle Prince finds herself with a lot of space and almost manages to score. But after some bobbling, a stop by Alyssa Nair, some additional bobbling, <laughs> Janine Becky eventually launches the ball over the crossbar. So, that blows. Um, and then for them. Steph. Yeah, wait, yes, for them. Uh, Steph LeBay continues to crush it. Prince has another terrifying chance. This time she's all alone. It is just her and Alyssa Nair. And honestly, she absolutely could have scored. <laughs> but what like did she do? 100%. <laughs> it was just it was just her and Alyssa Nair. What does she do? She passes the ball to Janine Becky, who shoots the ball, only to have it stopped by Nair, who at this point has had a second to prep herself, and it also gets shot directly at her. What? Then, after it gets stopped by Alyssa Nair, Midge Purse clears it to almost the half line. So really not a good move for Canada. Not great. (laughs) In the 78th minute, Julie Ertz finds herself with miles of space on the near side of the field and sends the ball across to find Lindsay Horan. Horan sends a first touch missile (laughs) straight to the crossbar, which was a bummer. (laughs) Sound effect. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I left space in everything. (laughs) Finally, after what feels like an eternity of Steph LeBay not letting anyone score, we get a goddamn goal. In the 79th minute, the U.S. Women's National Team gets a free kick about 20 yards out from the goal. Kristen Press takes it and sends it near post. Desiree Scott or Lindsay Horan or somebody in the clusterfuck got some part of their body on it, and it goes back out and ends up at the feet of Rose Lavelle, who first touch sends a low ball through traffic across her body past LeBay. Golazo. 
I did th- think about like saying that for a really long time, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I will say Canada did not have Christine Sinclair, who, for those of you who don't know, is the all time leading scorer in the world, period. Full stop. She has scored the most goals out of any soccer player ever, ever. It's incredible. Gender. Yeah. It doesn't matter. She's crushed it. Christine Sinclair's injury is a huge bummer for us Portland Thorns fans, but I'm sure she'll be better by the season. Anyway. Canada also has a new coach in Bev Priestman, who is still finding her footing with this team. She's not like Pia Sundhaga, who has coached some of the best teams in the world. Bev Priestman is fairly new to this level of play as a coach. So she's still finding her footing. That's okay. Interesting to see what she does, especially after John Herdman, who blows chunks, left the Canadian national team to go coach the men, which is some bullshit. Boo! Yeah. So I think this was Canada's best game. In the entire tournament, because after this one, they just got worse. It was all downhill. It was bad. They Yikes. did manage to win one game in this tournament against Argentina, but like barely. In stoppage time of the second half. Like 92nd minute of 96 minutes. Like, yeah. It was it wasn't, not great. It was, it was bad. It might be because they were missing their captain because Sinky was out. Mm-hmm. It could be new coach. It could be. You know, they're rusty together. There's a lot of reasons, but it was disappointing to see that they just kind of got worse throughout the tournament. Anyway, yikes. It's disappointing in this tournament, but I, I don't think it's like a sign of what's to come necessarily yet. Like, I think that there's plenty of time and room for them to improve because in this tournament, they're tied like in FIFA rankings with Brazil. Far and away, we're not as good as Brazil in this tournament. And so I think that there is plenty of time for them to get back up to standard and like and and prove themselves with a new coach, with whatever people they're going to have on the field. Unsure if they'll be able to do that by the Olympics, though. That is true. (laughs) If we have an Olympics. Anyway, moving on. (sighs) So next game, U.S. Women's National Team versus Brazil. Don't know why I enunciated that. (laughs) So this was the second opponent, math. (laughs) that the United States women's national team faced in this tournament. And um, I thought that I might need some blood pressure medication (laughs) watching this game. Like I do not think that I have been this stressed out watching a game since like maybe the world cup game versus Spain in 2019, where we like totally almost biffed it and like lost to Spain. That was (laughs) white knuckles. (laughs) Like the whole time, like in this game, quick aside, quick, very quick. <laughs> it became very, very clear in this game that the U.S. is not used to playing teams of this caliber. Anna and I, Anna's my co-host. <laughs> we have, <laughs> we both have mentioned now at this point the slog of the Canada game, but the level of pace and skill in this Brazil game compared to just the like pure physicality of the Canada game shows that the U.S. may or may not be building some like bad habits. Um, which I also heard the announcers say, by thinking that they can just like win all the time, no big deal. They cannot. It be big deal. We believe that it is a big deal. (laughs) So they need to be on their precious little goal scoring toesies, frankly. But they still won and it's okay. We love you. Like, great. But like, I think it's important. Honestly, I have not seen Rose Lavelle play that poorly in a long time. Yeah, it was bad. I was upset. And it was just very clear. I mean, Brazil was so good in this game. I mean, we still won, yay. But, like, they were so good. And we were not prepared for it. They were the most challenging that they have been since – in a long time. Honestly, even the Netherlands game in the fall was not this intense. 
this they were a very challenging opponent. So diving right in, jumping right in, splashing right in there. <laughs> so they have the U.S. Women's National Team has some pretty solid chances in the first couple of minutes of the game, <laughs> which we love to see. But the Brazilian keeper Barbara said, "No, thank you, please. No, thank you." <laughs> Read my lips. No. <laughs> So the eighth minute, there is a good chance for Rose Lavelle, so she didn't totally eat shit the entire game. Just most of it. But Bibi Horse, who we love to see, Alex Morgan, sends the ball in and Lavelle one touches it just wide of the goal. So too bad, so sad. So 11th minute, a Kristen Press golazo. (laughs) No. This is another Kristen Press, what have you done moment. Hmm. So, but there will be another. So, Haran, Lindsay, Haran, passes Kristen Press a delightful, delightful ball <laughs> just outside of the 18. And Press finds herself 1v1 against Bruna Benitez. And Press cuts in, like, it was such a good cut, like a knife through butter. <laughs> you had to it. get the Australian accent in like a knife through butter. She makes a really great, it's very sharp. It's a great cut. And so the ball is on her right foot a few steps into the 18 and she just slams it to the far post. It was a marvel. How do you even, the goalie did literally not stand a chance. So no. 1-0 US Women's National Team. Woohoo! Okay, moving on. So Dabinia and Ludmila were so good in this game. It makes me mad. I thought that I was going to have a cardiac episode. <laughs> A few times. <laughs> so it was not pleasing to me, but from a third party, unbiased, no personal interest in the matter standpoint, they played very well and were a big threat. So they probably caused more problems for the US women's national team backline than like maybe anyone else in the entire tournament, not just this game. So moving along, 13th minute, just a few minutes from before. Again, math. The math. I'm very good. So Dominia takes the ball down the near side of the field and she starts to move towards the center and slots a beautiful ball to Ludmila on the near side. This was like maybe the scariest moment of the game. Actually, no, there were so many scary moments, but it was a very scary moment. It was like the first one where I was like, oh shit. (sighs) So fortunately for us, Crystal Dunn is a GD superhero and was there and slide tackled that first opportunity just like right the fuck away. Like 100% they would have scored if not for Crystal Dunn. She did an incredible job. MVP level shit. But unfortunately, Ludmila gets back on the ball and sent it to the top of the 18 for who? Dabinia. Never a good thing. Never have her anywhere near the goal. But then like in a very weird twist of events, in a high pressure situation, Abby Dahlkemper essentially like saunters over and just like (laughs) takes the ball and passes it to Kristen Press like it's like very very stressful and Doll Kemper was like I got this it's okay no problem MPD and I was like what like I was watching the highlights of it again and I was like how is she just like you guys (laughs) just give it to me I got it I'm here (laughs) very level-headed all right 19th minute guess who's back back again Dabinia's back you should probably tell a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's never good. You can tell a friend, but it'll probably be a panicked telling them. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. So 
So Marta, also never a good sign for us. Marta starts with the ball just outside the left side of the 18 after a a lovely give and go. (laughs) So she serves it to the top of the penalty box where Becky Sauerbrunn, our captain, slide tackles the ball away. Thank you. Also a superhero. The ball ends up at the feet of Emily Sonnet, who tries to pass to Lindsay Horan, which was like really dumb. It was dumb. It was a bad move because Davinia sees it as an opportunity to take the ball. Way to fucking go, Emily Sonnet. <laughs> so she does this successfully. To the She takes the ball to the end line and then chips it over everyone. Classic. And uh, Ludmila, who is currently at the top of the six, is just a bit too short to get her head on it. So thank God for us. So our deadly duo, Ludmila and Davinia, trademark, (laughs) have another chance in the 24th minute, fuck me, and again in the 44th minute, and just on repeat. You know that little button you press when you're listening to music just to, like, repeat the song? I feel like that's what they did. They just, boop, were like, must do again. It was really fucking annoying, I'll tell you that. (laughs) So we go on to the second half. (laughs) which is the one that comes after the first. So this starts with a bang. And uh, Kristen Press is uh, doing what she does. She's bobbing. She's leaving. Through defenders for an excellent chance in the 46th minute. Um, And then... Classy mag alert. (laughs) So Lindsay Horan in the 59th minute does one of the classiest, most beautiful megs that either of us have ever seen against Brazilian defender Kathellen Souza Feitosa. This doesn't actually result in anything, no goals, nothing, but it was just really cool. So we're going to mention it. So fast forward, our deadly duo is back in the 83rd minute. Another good chance for Ludmila and Dabinia. And then finally, oh my God, (laughs) in the 89th minute, there is a Megan Rapinoe goal. It was great. Like she gets a ball in, which I think was actually intended for somebody else, but she gets it through a defender's leg, but it's like all in the air. It's not like a ground, but it is definitely a classy Meg. And now, trademark, her nickname is <laughs> Nut Megan Rapino. You're welcome. It's beautiful. <laughs> it was technically a Meg. It was just like an in the air Meg. But then after she did such a cute little baby celebration for baby Sloan for Ashlyn Harrison, Allie Krieger. Yep, that's them. <laughs> there. <laughs> Go USA. Woo woo. So excited. I'm done. (laughs) Now the final game of the tournament for us, the US Women's National Team against Argentina. So because this game had six goals from our lovely ladies, we want to talk about them all. So we're not going to talk about much else in this game. Jump right into the 16th minute. Our first goal of the game is from Nutmeg and (laughs) Rapino. Sorry. So this whole sequence starts in the 15th minute after Chris and Press. I did almost put C Press in here. Aw, hey Anthony. But then C Press like Seacrest. But then I did it. So anyway. <laughs> so this whole sequence starts in the 15th minute after Kristen Press and Yamila Rodriguez get laid out after a clash just shy of midfield. Press and Rodriguez are on the ground and they stay on the ground. And Lavelle picks up the ball because there's no whistle. So Lavelle lobs the ball over the majority of Argentina's defensive half and finds Megan Rapino just outside of the 18. And then Megan Rapino, first touch, low ball, far post, bottom corner, goal. No. 26th minute, another Rapino goal. Now, I am about to compliment Carly Lloyd. It doesn't happen often, 
so don't get used to it. Okay, thanks. But after Kristen Press slots the ball through a couple of Argentine defenders to find Carly Lloyd, who is 1v1 with the keeper, she sends a sneaky and yes, unselfish ball across the goal to find Pino, <laughs> who kind of like slides and falls to get the ball into the goal. I'm not, it's unclear how it really got in, but she like slide tackles, but also is fall. I don't know. Anyway, it's not usually in Carly Lloyd's character to be unselfish on the field. So we will appreciate it. We will appreciate it when we see it. The commentators talked about it. Text messages were received about it. It's a rarity. So it must be mentioned. So, okay. I have to say that Sherry, hi girl, biggest fan, was texting me during this game. And she said, oh, look, Carly Lloyd actually not being selfish. And I was like, we've created a monster. <laughs> no, it's not a monster because she's right. <laughs> You're goddamn right, Sherry. <laughs> so next, 35th minute, a Carly Lloyd goal. I know. I don't want to talk about her either. But Christy Mewis sends a great low ball to the top of the six where Lloyd meets it. So she meets the ball and the keeper. There we go. Near post. It kind of looks like Lloyd kicks the ball and tramples over the keeper to put the ball in the back of the net. But like, I guess persistence is important. Yada yada. Follow the ball. Whatever. But Christy Mewis got an assist. So we love that. Also, talking about Nutmeg and Rapino, this whole sequence starts from Tierna Davidson around the midfield, who sends a very nice and clean pass to Pino, who taking a hint from her lady love, Sue Bird, does a no-look pass, which also happens to be a classy Meg. Yes, you heard that right, y'all. Another classy Meg. Not Meg and Rapino. And if you don't know about Sue Bird and her no-look passes, watch some goddamn WNBA games, y'all. It's all I can ask. Here first. (laughs) Watch them. Can you believe it? We're only halfway through the goals for this game. The U.S. scored twice as many goals in this game as they did in the rest of the tournament. Math. (laughs) Math. We're great at it here. Thank you. So, 41st minute, there is another goal. (laughs) I'm DJ Julian. After some not great passing, weird choices, the ball ends up at the feet of Casey Kruger, who you may know as Casey Short, but she got married. Cool. Great for you. So... Kruger passes the ball to Christy Mewis just outside of the 18, and Mewis does a sweet turn and cuts outside the defender, takes one touch to set herself up, and then just, like, slams a beautiful low ball to the far post. It was gorgeous. She, I don't remember if it was her left foot. I think it was. It was. She has a mean left foot. And, like, I know that we talk about Christy Mewis all the fucking time, but, like, she deserves it. Like, this is a comeback, like, for her. This is a yeah, it is. like. And we love it. I'm loving it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. This is going to be the longest podcast in the history of podcasts. (laughs) Cool. Great. Love that for Christy Mewis. End of first half. End of list. So the majority of the second half is just Argentina having a chance here or there, but like nothing really coming from it. And then the U.S. Women's National Team trying to score and nothing really coming of it. We move along until the 84th minute. Sophia Smith, yes, Portland Thorn, hey girl, is coming in from the far side of the field with a ball and passes through to Alex Morgan. And Morgan sees the ball and is just like a little bit ahead of her and leans back a bit and slides into the into the kick. I don't know how to describe it. You'll have to watch it. Maybe Anna can put it on the I'm working on I got it. 
slides into the kick and then the ball goes straight over the keeper into the empty net, which is like, this is, I can't tell you how much we love this because this is baby horse's first goal since having her Charlie horse and we love to see it. Get it. Horsey mama. (laughs) Horsey mama. (laughs) And also Sophia Smith with an assist. Like we love that a lot too. This last goal was pretty fucking great and we love it. Only a few minutes later in the 88th minute, also math. You're welcome. <laughs> Kristen Press, what have you done? Part two. After a lofted ball gets sent towards the back post off a corner kick, both Alex Morgan and Lindsay Haran try to go for it along with two Argentine defenders and the goalie. So the ball ends up far post where Kristen Press is waiting just waiting like a little angel (laughs) to head that ball into the goal. It was not a doink. No, sir. And she like beelines it straight for Lindsay Horan to celebrate because of that dope assist. And it was just like, it was like a real fun time, y'all. It was really cute. (laughs) And we loved it. So in the end, the U.S. women's national team won the whole goddamn shebang. It was great. I don't know if that was clear i hope that we made that very clear because we didn't lose a game so we won every other team lost (laughs) at least a game so that was great it was all shutouts way to go Alyssa Nair. also the rest of the team but like you know the goalie is important too and also jane campbell i guess (laughs) rose lavelle ended up winning the mvp which even she was confused about because she did not play well in that game against brazil like just literally did not do well at all She said, I think that there were a lot better options. It's always nice to be recognized, but I think there were other people who deserved it more. So appreciate her self-awareness. We can think of several people who maybe deserved it, but thank you for being not a shitty person, Rose Lavelle. (laughs) We appreciate it because you easily could have been. We believe that is the end of the the episode. Mm. We believe that thems were our picks. Excited to see some really great soccer coming up, not only in the Champions League, but also the NWSL Challenge Cup is starting in a few short weeks. And the schedule so. should be coming out soon, so we will know. Oh, my God. What? It's going to be so much beautiful soccer to choose from. I'm so excited for the NWSL to be back. Well, we're excited, and you should be too. Yeah, and you should follow um, us on Instagram because I'm actually – I saved things <laughs> to post. Not just the things that I make when I, we have a new episode, but like actual things. So maybe I'll remember to post them. We'll see. You know, I don't want, I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> and you should also follow us on Twitter. Um, and then those are both at HatPicksPod. And then you should send us an email at HatPicksPod at gmail.com. I don't know what you should send us an email about anymore at this point, but we have the email. <laughs> okay. Send us just like a picture of your dog. Or cat. Or cat. Send us. I guess you could also send that to us on Twitter or on Instagram. Any platform you could reach out to us. That would be cool. Yeah, we'll take photos of your pets on every platform. Thank you. Thank you very much, please. Greatly appreciate it. Well, we hope you have a great week. We'll be back, probably. Yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back in two weeks (laughs) like we are every two weeks. Like we always do. So, I'm Jillian. And I'm Anna. This has been... The Hat Picks Podcast.